In this edition of Locked On Capitals, Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan joins me as we talk about the latest with Nick Dowd and other injured Capitals players and how important the game is tonight versus the Pens. All of that and much more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we are happy to have Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan. Grant, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us. So a big game tonight for the Caps as they are fighting for the first wild card spot what are your thoughts on the game tonight it's been a bit of an inconsistent team as of late they dropped two big games against the golden knights and the avalanche you take a look at what they did in the month of december and all of that seems to have evaporated what are your thoughts yeah they got to get going again right i mean they're now in a playoff sense kind of in some flux i would say and there's some curiosity as to whether or not they're going to be able to fend some teams off and get where they need to go. And I think this is a great opportunity against a team they're actually tied with from a point standpoint in the standings with the Penguins at 56. Obviously, the arch rival. I don't think there's a more hated team within this fan base than the Penguins. There's no one as a longtime Caps fan that I get more excited to see them play. You're back on home ice tonight. Should be great energy in the building. Thursday evening games, as people know, downtown can be hopping. So there's a lot going their way going into this game. Uh, none the least of which I would say is that, you know, you're trying to now push past Pittsburgh. Remember, they got three games in hand, Dan, over the Penguins. They played 50. Pittsburgh's played 47. So even though those two teams are tied, they actually have to be considerably better than the Penguins the rest of the way who have been playing pretty decent hockey and getting points in a bunch of their recent games here. Uh, their big three just had three-point games in a game together for just the second time ever uh, when you're talking about Malkin and Crosby and Latang, So um, I think the Caps got to be really sharp tonight. They got to play their best game here in the last week or so. There were some positive signs in how they played the Avalanche. But this is unequivocally now their biggest game of the month and really a got-to-have-it type game, I think, as they start to try to trend back toward how well they were playing in December, which is what they're going to need to start climbing past teams like Pittsburgh and the Rangers in the standings again. Yeah, and just taking a look at it uh, for the Capitals and the Penguins, two aging cores, I guess I would say, for the first time in their careers, Ovechkin and Crosby, the Capitals and Penguins, are fighting for their postseason lives at the same time. And, you know, this was a team that it was a given that the Capitals and the Penguins, Penguins would be in the playoffs. I think you're starting to see the age factor kind of work its way into the equation. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, there have been so many times, and I'm sure you could say the same thing about the Capitals for people outside of D.C. or within this town, where, where they've said, oh, well, the window's closed for Washington, where you feel like a year has begun and the Penguins are just kind of spinning their wheels a little bit. And you feel like, well, maybe we don't have to worry as much about that. Maybe this is the year where, you know, they start to, to age a little bit. And they just don't go away, and I give them a lot of credit. I mean, it's it's a lot like the Caps, frankly, where they keep their window open with a great culture, where they bring players in who elevate their game. You know, I think of it here in Washington. You go get a guy like Brett Connolly, and he's the best he's ever been. Or you bring in T.J. Oshie, who's really good, and he becomes a star, right? I mean, when your culture is that of winning and championship-level hockey like both of these organizations have, you know, People want to come play here. And as someone who talks about D.C. sports every single day on 106.7 The Fan, there aren't really other teams right now in town that that have that you know, ability to kind of put that flag on their lawn and say, hey, if you come into our house, good things happen, right? That, that's never been the case for the local football team over 30 years. I mean, the Nats had a window where that was the case, but those days are over. So it's a real joy to watch this team. And if you're a Penguins fan, and I'm not, I am the opposite of a Penguins fan, uh, but I'm, I'm sure it's very similar for them to your point where, yes, these teams are older. They have slowed down some that there are going to be matchup problems for them. It's why, frankly, the Capitals haven't gotten out of the first round. The Penguins haven't finished a playoff run in many, many years. But getting there is also an accomplishment. Right. And I think it speaks to it's really, really hard to drive a stake through either one of these organizations led by the veterans with the the tread on the tires that, you know, dissipating uh, that have put so many pelts on the wall. Uh, very, very similar organizations. And, and one of the reasons why, frankly, I really do believe uh, this is the best rivalry in D.C. sports and it's not close. And it seems that there is a bit of a reluctance for this team to get younger. It seems like in the NHL, the teams are getting younger and faster all the time. From my understanding, there were promises made to Alex Ovechkin that he wouldn't play on a rebuild team. It might be a retool, not a rebuild, which I guess is kind of semantics there. But um, what are your thoughts about the Capitals and the Penguins, I guess, for that matter, their reluctance about wanting to get younger and just kind of sticking with this older nucleus? Yeah, so I, I, I've i heard like you have, I think everyone, it's a, it's a poorly kept secret, the idea that, that Ovi doesn't want to be part of the rebuild and that maybe there was some type of verbal agreement or what have you. I don't know if there's any legitimacy to that. But here's what I'll say is in most sports, my philosophy is if you're not really good, you should be bad as a means to an end. In other words, the worst thing you can do is to kind of be on a hamster wheel of mediocrity where you just are okay. You know, when you make the playoffs and get bounced as the Caps have the last few years or, you know, the, the Wizards, their roommates at Capital One Arena just are seemingly always trying to be in the six to eight seed range in the Eastern Conference. And I think that's a ludicrous approach. I really don't like it. I do think in hockey, it's very different. My paradigm on hockey, and I've seen this from following and covering this team for so many years, is when you get into the playoffs, I don't really care about seeding. You know, I don't really care about who's the one and who's the eight and how many points this team had or who won the president's trophy. None of that matters to me. I think if you lined up all the Caps teams of the Rock, the Red Ovechkin era, the Stanley Cup champion team that we saw finish the marathon in Vegas was what? the, the Maybe the fifth best or I, I don't know, you know, maybe the sixth best if you dig into all the analytics. I, I'm not sure. Great chemistry, unbelievable team. They gave me so much, 
know that there are memories all of us have that'll last a lifetime. But my point is that was the year they got some of the good fortune, right? Where Holtby lunges to his right and we get the save rather than, you know, the, the puck um, trickling over his stick. You know, you've got the, the Lars Eller goal to start the whole run against Columbus, I guess it was in the first round where the skate goes, uh, the puck goes off the skate. Like those things weren't happening for years. And so I guess my point is I have no problem with just trying to be in the playoff mix for as long as possible. Uh, I also think, you know, when you have, say, Ovechkin, he's going to be locked up. Backstrom, they're not going to let him walk. Whether they should have re-signed him at $9.2 million or not, I think is very reasonable to debate. And from a sheer hockey standpoint, I think it's a good conversation to have. But the reality was, just dealing with what is, Ted Leontis and company, after everything he's provided, were going to have him finish as a capital. So if you've essentially still got Batman and Robin on your team at those contracts, there's only so much rebuilding you can really do, to be completely honest. And I think that's a big part of it, Dan. I think they've actually done a good job threading the needle and kind of straddling both lanes, so to speak. Like, would it be better to have ripped the Band-Aid off and started the rebuild? Maybe. But in the meantime, to go get a guy like Dylan Strom was 25, who I think is an awesome player on a one-year contract to be able to implement a couple of players who have looked really good. I love what they're getting out of uh, Protus this season, as an example. Um, finding players off the scrap heap, like Sonny Milano, who's injected some energy, or Abe Kubel, who's, who's done some decent things. Like to, you, you got to find a way to, to, I think, just little by little, give yourself some shots in the arm. And I think they have done that in this process. I'll be curious to see what they do at the deadline, because I do think there's a chance for the first time in a long time, they trade, you know, maybe a, a pretty popular, or highly paid veteran. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit interesting. Uh, I, I think the reluctance to want to get younger is, you know, one of the things that Ovechkin has said is he doesn't want to be relegated as he gets older to some lower position. He wants to play on a team, you know, that has a good chance of winning. As we know, he's chasing Wayne Gretzky's record. And if you tear it down to the studs, I mean, we saw what's going on with the Nationals. I'm a Nationals fan as well, but this team is pretty unrecognizable in comparison. So I don't think the Capitals uh, want to go through something like that. All right. No, so after the break absolutely here. Absolutely not. Yeah. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about the latest on Nick Dowd and Tom Wilson. And when can we expect them to be back? We'll talk about that next. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line point spreads to player props plus you can even combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same gay parlay and guys even if you're not into betting you could bet on an upcoming capitals game like the caps take on the penguins it makes watching the games that much more exciting all in an app that's safe secure and super easy to use so football fans don't miss out place your five dollar bet to get 150 dollars in free bets win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are joined by Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan. So yesterday on your show, Nick Dowd made an appearance. As we know, he's injured with what was called a mystery injury. What is the latest that you heard on Nick Dowd? Yeah, so as you know, hockey does a really bad job at uh, letting you know what's going on with injured players. Uh, he was getting worked on right before we gave him a call, and he let us know on the air he was doing some dry needling and some things to help with some of his muscles. He is on uh, the mend. He feels like he's closing in on being back. I don't think it's imminent necessarily next game or two, but I would say probably within a week or so maybe he could get back on the ice. Uh, I'm guessing he'll miss like, two or three more games in the meantime. Um, he doesn't give specifics on exactly what the injury is as they allow uh, for that wiggle room, so to speak, in hockey, uh, which is another conversation that we could probably have. Because I think specific to sports betting now, you know, where I'm a FanDuel guy, I know you guys are as well. I think the league really has to get on board with these other sports and give us more information on what's going on. You know, lower body mystery, upper body, you, you could get shot in the shoulder and just tell us you have an upper body injury and no one knows the difference. It's all the other sports get in trouble when they don't tell you exactly what's up. So that's something the NHL has to look into. But I think Dowd could be back in the, the very foreseeable future. I'm hoping Nicholas Backstrom has been dealing with the illness, can play against the Penguins. You know, Tom Wilson, big question about what's going on after he takes a puck. You know, they're in a weird spot. I know everyone's frustrated that after they caught fire in December, which they seem to always do, January has been a mess. But if you look at it, like their penalty kill, you got Oshie who's having a baby. You got no Nick Dowd who's an assassin in that regard. You you got, um, you know, Ovechkin misses a game, which was their worst game of the year with kind of a mystery injury. Now Willie and Backy are, are back out momentarily. Uh, obviously, John Carlson not being available on the blue line has proven to be a critical loss. So that, if, I don't want to say they're back where they were a month ago, but – This has been one of those years, Dan, and you've talked about this very well on the show uh, over the last couple of months, where it just seems like they can't get everyone on the ice and keep everyone on the ice. And they're going to have to do that at some point if they're going to accomplish their goals. We could talk about what needs to happen to make the playoffs and to make a run and all those things. But if they don't have their core and their best players together for an extended period of time, it just it gets really, really hard. And so hopefully uh, in the next few weeks, they can trend toward that. Yeah, because, I mean, this team team has faced a myriad of injuries. But the interesting thing for me is they went on a tear, like you said, in the month of December, and they did that without Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom. So to a certain extent, it seems like it changed the chemistry to add Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom to the mix. It seems a bit odd to me that they are two key pieces to this team. Um, but to us, I think to a certain extent, it seems like the Capitals, once Wilson and Backstrom returned, kind of felt that like they could just kind of lay back and they would take on a majority of that. But I think in order for this Caps team to continue with the success of December, it's got to be all of them pulling on the rope, as they say, wouldn't you say? Oh, 100 percent. You're you're spot on in hindsight. And I was a sucker for this. I loved how they did it with. Backstrom and Wilson coming back together in that Sunday afternoon game on the same line, being up on the starting lineup. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I think they bit off a little more maybe than they could chew, right? To get both of those guys back in at the exact same moment. Now you're parking guys who have been playing. Everyone's taking a turn, getting days off. It threw off some rhythm and some timing. And the word you use that I think is best is chemistry, Dan. I mean, hockey, we we know this. Like, this is about – a camaraderie and a cohesion. And and I think these locker rooms are tighter 
than any other sports locker rooms I've been in in terms of the teammates because it, it is about fit. Like you're constantly tinkering with lines uh, other than the fourth line here for the most part with, with Hathaway and Dowd sticking together. Mm-hmm. Everything else is up in the air almost night in, night out to try to find the, the best uh, collection and, and fit with the puzzle to get the best results. And they finally found something. And you're right, it was without some really good players. But they have enough talent that when everyone is in unison and playing together and pulling the rope, even without two or three guys, they could be really, really good. And that's what we saw when they caught fire in December. It's not to say they shouldn't have brought Wilson and Backstrom back. Specifically, Wilson is an is a necessity. I mean, they're not going anywhere without him playing his game as a power forward into the postseason, in my opinion. But there's no doubt, you know, anyone who says that it, it hasn't, uh, added a, a wrinkle that, that has kind of affected them negatively to, to just have to, while they're at their hottest, make a bunch of changes, I, I think is wasn't watching. That said, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have gotten them back. The, the, the end game is still that those guys are at their best, and because of that, your ceiling as a team is raised. But in the short term, it has thrown, I think, a wrench into what was a pretty fluid situation. And in the meantime, now you lose Dowd, so there's there's more uncertainty. And, and Oshie and Ovechkin and the guys we're talking about. And since Backstrom's out and Willie's out, and it, it there is no continuity. And it does make it really, really hard. And in those moments, I think you need spectacular goaltending. I think they've gotten good goaltending from Darcy Kemper for the most part. But they haven't gotten, in December, you look at Lindgren during the beginning of that run, like they were getting dominant great goaltending and i'm not sure that they've gotten that during this stretch which is maybe a way to, to save your bacon and they got to be better on the blue line i really believe they got to make a move or two to, to try to shore that up and you know the thing of it is around the league is that wilson is seen as kind of this tough guy this goon but he brings a lot of intangibles you know what really kind of drew into focus for me was the caps when they took on the coyotes where jensen and orloff we're getting ready to get in a fight. And all of a sudden, Wilson just had to skate in the vicinity and everyone kind of just scattered away. Right. That's the Tom Wilson effect. That's the intimidation factor. So he brings a lot. I mean, if you want to look at a goon, look at Reeves. I mean, they brought him into Minnesota just to be kind of the muscle, kind of the junkyard dog, if you will. But Tom Wilson is a guy that can score goals. And, you know, it's kind of my belief as well that he might be the captain of this team when uh, Alex Ovechkin hangs up the skates at some point. But Tom Wilson on this team, like you were talking about, uh, contributes so much. It was just a bit unfortunate that he got injured once again since he missed the entire season with that knee injury. Yeah, there have been times over the last couple of years where I felt like he might have been their most complete player. I mean, I really believe he is uh, special. I mean, there, there just aren't many guys in this sport that have – his size and speed and the ability to play his power game. Uh, he is feared at, you know, on the ice, and, and he is a guy that is so much better, has better hands, has better skill, better grace as a skater than he'll, he'll ever get credit for. From a national standpoint, as you said, he is viewed in the same light as guys who, frankly, there's not even really a place for in the league anymore. You know, Ryan Reeves is, for the most part, gameless. Um, having said that, you know, Tom Wilson, to me, is not like him at all, but they're like thrown into the same trough, right? When a Flyers fan, a Penguins fan, uh, a Rangers fan, whoever talks about Tom Wilson, you would have no idea what kind of player he is based on their conversation. And I just kind of tune that out and don't give them a seat at the table. But you're right. Wilson is at his apex, um, something that this team really needs that they've been missing. And I saw what you were mentioning the other night. It's so true. Like, oh, He's just got to be the, around. 
right? Mm-hmm. And and it will change the way this team gets played and gets handled. And some of these guys uh, get treated after whistles. It, it's his presence is significant. Um, you you want to get him going offensively when he's buzzing and he's feeling it. You know he can. He was on his way, a trajectory where you're thinking, you know, you give him some power play time in front of the cage, like Wayne Simmons style. He could be a 30 goal guy in this league. Maybe Um, obviously he just had the the few points and the couple goals since he came back. It's going to take a little time. That's a serious injury, but uh, I feel good about what I saw and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do the rest of the season. So, and that's what we found out too, is the injury he sustained was on the other leg, not the one that sustained the knee injury. So I guess that's what's the most important to me. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about, are there any pending trades on this team? I hear a lot about Anthony Mantha. I hear a lot about Lars Eller. Are any of them going to get traded? We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are joined by Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan. So one of the players that I hear most often mentioned about trade is Anthony Mantha, a guy that they got in the Jacob Verona deal who, you know, to a certain extent has not lived up to potential. Um, He came here and went on a goal-scoring tear, and then he had that shoulder issue and then came back and scored goals, but then subsequently has just totally dried up what do you think about Anthony Mantha? Do you think that there, you know, he has one year left on his deal? Do you think they do trade him by the trade deadline, which is in March? I think they're going to shop him if I had to guess. And, and I should let people know uh, that this is surely speculative, right? I'm not talking to anybody. This is just me as a, you know, a fanalist, so to speak, on the outside looking in. But, you know, Mantha has one year left, as you said, on his deal at $5.7 million. He's 28 years old. He is a really captivating, appetizing uh, player. It's easy to become enamored with him at 28. At 6'5", 235, you know, you watch him skate and you see his size. You know, that, that's a rarity in this league. And frankly, when they brought him over from Detroit, it's what I fell in love with. Uh, he has not, in my opinion, been as physical as they'd probably like. I think they want more of that out of him. And just offensively, he has not been consistent enough. I mean, at the beginning of the year, especially with all the injuries they had that we've been documenting throughout the morning here, remember, I mean, he was supposed to have been a real pillar for them, kind of holding this whole thing up. And as they turned their season around, he had some okay moments, but it had been it's really been other guys, I think, that have stepped up even more than Manta. You're talking about 45 games, only nine goals, and about 15 assists. So a a 16 or so goal pace for someone who's gotten a lot of top six minutes at the start of the year. And with the Brown injury and everything that's happened, you know, you just would have said, if if he's not playing better than this, they're in trouble. Uh, I I still haven't forgotten the postseason last year, right? Where where we were almost were waiting to hear, was there a major injury? What is going on with him? He he had one, one period has 10 hits and then, you know, goes a game or two where that just isn't part of his game at all. So it's just been frustrating. Uh, I'm not out on him. I'm not hoping they trade him. But I think because of his promise and his potential, he kind of feels like maybe a change of pace candidate and a change of scenery candidate. The other guy, though, that you referenced that I think would make a lot of sense and would probably be much easier to trade is Lars Eller. And I love Lars Eller, right? This is a Mm -hmm. Stanley Cup hero. This is one of my favorite capitals of the last decade. But at this point, based on the production you're getting, right, I mean, with the reworked lines currently at this moment, like you could see him with doubt out on a fourth line behind Stroman, Kuz, and Protus skating around as a center. 
uh, he has no contract left after this year. This is an expiring contract, the final of three and a half million dollar deal. Um, I, I get, and, and it becomes a free agent at the end of the year. So you you get an expiring deal. If you're a team, you bring in either a veteran if you're competing who might be able to help you. Uh, if you're not as competitive, someone with expiring contract, which is an asset, and also it can be good in your dressing room. Like I could see that. He might even be a guy maybe they don't want to move, but you got to give something up to get something. And I do think that they feel like they have to be better defensively in front of these goaltenders because getting to the playoffs at this point, I know is what everyone's talking about. I feel like they internally feel like they got to make noise when they get there. I mean, they've been to the first round and out every year since the cup. And that's not what they're trying to do at Capital One Arena. They got bigger goals than that. Yeah, I mean, the thing of it is, is Lars Eller, I could see moving him because if they trade him now, they get something for him. If they wait till the offseason, his contract is expired. Of course, they get nothing for him. But the tough position on Lars Eller is that he has stood in and played a big role at the center position, considering all the injuries that this team has faced. And then going back to Mantha, I hear all kinds of crazy things thrown at me on Twitter and YouTube that they should trade, you know, Anthony Mantha for Bo Horvat and Eric Carlson. I'm like, what reality? is that a fair trade out there that you would like to do that so I could see the caps moving on from Mantha but they would have to almost bundle him in a deal just to get rid of his contract it's my belief though that just based on all the injuries on this team they're better to kind of keep them in their back pocket in case there is another injury because we know there are a lot of injuries that this team has faced this year so my assessment I think they should even hang on to Mantha this season I would be more uh, opt to think they should get rid of Lars Eller just so they can get something for him in return. Yeah, so that's the big question. And really, I, I mean, I think center is where, based on injuries, you worry a little bit more. Now, if they feel like Protus, who I thought looked really good uh, in his first game back in the NHL against Colorado, can give them valuable minutes at that position, kicking him inside, then that does change the arithmetic a little bit. But with Dowd currently a question mark and Backstrom currently a question mark, you start talking up the middle. If you move Eller, who for whatever inconsistency there's been this year or any kind of a, a regression, maybe a slowdown in his career, like he has been pretty steady about being on the ice, right? So that's got to be baked into the conversation. Uh, I'm with you on trading Mantha in that, uh, I, I think it would be difficult to just trade him at that number and expect a big return. Like it would almost be if you trade the full freight, that that is what you're getting back in some way is some relief in the salary cap. You know, they're always creative and, and find a way. McClellan's excellent at getting picks back and in odd rounds and turning that into something. But that's another part of this that, that you kind of lead me into, which is John Carlson's presumably coming back. I mean, we don't really have any information on how and when. I think right around the deadline time is kind of what the people I talk to say is that we're going to start to get a lot more information on him and, and that'll give us clarity. But if they're bringing him back and his contracts back on the books, there almost has to be some type of move made from a financial standpoint. Right. And obviously Manta is the guy among the players you hear linked to the trade deadline. That is the, the highest price player. So that's something to consider as well. 
Yeah, so Brian McClellan and company have a lot of decisions to make before the uh, trade deadline, which we know is in March. You know, like you were talking about, does John Carlson come back? If he does not, in fact, come back, I think they need to pick up a big defenseman. As we know, Eric Gustafson has taken on that role to a certain extent, but he can't do everything. And it's hard to replace your number one blue liner from a guy from Hershey or something like that, for example. So I think that if Carlson, in fact, isn't good to go, that they should go out uh, and pick someone up. Grant Paulson, I want to thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capital. So our fans that live outside the DMV area, where can we find your work? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. You, you can follow me on Twitter and on social media, Grant H. Paulson. I probably overtweet about the Capitals for, for people that aren't Caps fans, but that won't be an issue for your listeners. And uh, and the show every single day is on 106.7 The Fan in and around D.C., and you can stream it uh, on the Odyssey app. All right, Grant. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.